This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network for your Friday, November the 4th. I'm Dustin Huffman. We're on the phone right now with Matt Bennett of agmarket.net. And Matt, we saw some gains for the first time in a little bit here on the overnight. What are we looking at heading into this Friday? You know, it's been a kind of a week where whenever you look at it at the end of the week, you might think that we didn't do too much. But, you know, we saw some up, we saw some down, a lot of fireworks, uh, of course, uh, up to start the week on this Russian news. And then, uh, you know, talking about, oh, hey, we're not going to let the grain corridor be open. And then you come in a couple of days later and all of a sudden they change their mind. Uh, It's just been one of those deals uh, uh, the last few months. So, you know, a lot of rhetoric one way or the other, really moving the market. And that's exactly what we saw this week. And so, um, you know, you, you come into the week and, you know, essentially this corn market uh, really, uh, you know, the, the corn market, I guess, wasn't uh, too excited, uh, you know, about the news, I, I guess, near as much as what the wheat market was. The bean market was just kind of staying off the side, not doing much. But then, you know, the wheat market up 50, down 50, you name it. Uh, all in all, it's probably not going to end up being a, a huge week one way or the other. So you're kind of looking for a catalyst as you move into the weekend. And I think one thing people are really keeping an eye on is, uh, you know, any news out of Chinese, uh, Chinese demand, for instance, and then, of course, weather out of South America. Yeah, those have really uh, been the, the focal points here in the last couple of days, you know, and even weeks. Uh, what, what are we seeing out of South America right now? I mean, obviously they're getting rolling through their planting and stuff. How are things looking there? Well, you know, South America essentially is uh, uh, in pretty good shape as far as what kind of progress they've made. But then, you know, you look at, for instance, uh, uh, you know, they're going to have some uh, weather issues this week as far as a couple of freeze notices. You know, you've got Argentina where their crop uh, isn't going in the ground near as quickly as what they'd like to see it go in the ground, first of all. You know, and then second of all, uh, you know, it's not rated worth a darn. And so, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of concern, I think, that, uh, you know, as you get into the heart of this, that La Nina won't subside like some folks thought it would, and you might be looking at a third La Nina in a row. If that's the case, you know, then uh, there's no question that there's nothing that you can take for granted whenever it comes to the South American crop. And so it would be very interesting, uh, you know, very interesting. And I think it could lend some support to our markets uh, because, you know, even though fundamentally we're pretty tight here in the U.S., the global situation on beans isn't all that tight. Uh, the global situation on corn, while it's tightening, it still isn't burdensome, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, being super, super tight. And so, you know, uh, if South America would have a huge crop, you know, you could be looking at price action similar to things we've seen in the past, you know, whenever uh, we've been kind of trudging along for a long time at really good prices and then all of a sudden the rug gets taken out from under you. I don't know that that'll happen right away, uh, especially if there's a lot of concerns with South American weather. Now, we talked just before we went on the air here that, you know, you're all but finished up there with, with your harvest. And I know you're on the other side of the Mississippi where you got a little more rain than we did. Uh, you know, how are things looking over there and what are you hearing from your customers around the Midwest? You know, we had to do a little driving this week. Um, you know, we got up to Champaign area and there's a, there's a decent amount of corn. The farther you go north into Illinois, there's a fair amount of corn in the field. Uh, pretty, it's getting really tough to find a bean field that hasn't been harvested yet. You know, but as far as uh, fall tillage goes, a lot of folks were hoping to put gas on and hydrous ammonia after the 1st of November. You know, it's been a little warmer. I mean, for instance, today, Dustin, it's supposed to be 77 degrees. I mean, you know, you don't really necessarily think that it's time for anhydrous at 77 degrees. So, 
you know, we haven't put any on yet. I know some folks have, but field work has been uh, a little bit quiet this week, just simply due to the fact that, you know, we, we had plenty of rain here lately. So once it rained, um, you know, we were dry as a bone, but once it went ahead and rained out of a couple, three smaller rain events, we've had a couple of inches. So, you know, it's kind of recharged the topsoil. It's not like we're saturated by any means, but it certainly has made field work a little bit greasy. Uh, but those that have got corn to pick have certainly been rolling the last couple, three days. All right. Moving our attention over to the livestock side of things. I mean, what are we looking at in cattle and hogs to round out this week? Yeah, I mean, the the, the call for cattle is actually a little stronger uh, here this morning. I don't think that we're looking at anything extravagant. But, you know, you look at the way this cattle market has acted, you know, and you had this big run up and then you kind of peaked out uh, – uh, last week, you know, uh, in the 154 and a half level, 154.2, I believe, you know, and then you kind of come back down here and then all of a sudden, uh, um, you know, you look at the board and you're at 152. And uh, even though people are a little frustrated because you've had a couple, three, four down days in a row, you know, you're still $152 fat, you know. And so when you look and see what's going on in the cash market, you know, I'll tell you what, some of these buyers, in my opinion, I'd call them a little nervous. You know, it, it looks to me like uh, they're wanting to get ownership as quick as they can get it. And so, uh, you know, I think the cattle market looks pretty darn solid for the time being. I don't know that we're going to fall completely out of bed. I look for support. You know, you've got you've got some support levels uh, uh, that I would say are a little more substantial down around the 150 level. Uh, that's where the 50-day moving average is. Uh, you know, the the 10-day moving average comes in here today. And I've got to think that it's going to uh, probably hold this market. You know, it's like, you know, watching that cash trade developing. It's like the the Packers and the sellers are are kind of – playing chicken and seeing who's going to blink first because obviously the Packers need the uh, need the cattle and the cattle producers know that they've got them and are willing to get a are willing to hold out to get a premium for them yeah I think that that's the case you know I think that a lot of these guys that's got fats know that people are wanting them and they know that they're good property and so uh, as long as you know what you what you've got you know sometimes it's not such a bad thing to be a little more uh Oh, I don't know, uh, a little more patient whenever it comes to marketing. I mean, I've seen some awful heavyweight cattle and heard about a lot of them uh, that have been pretty darn heavy going to market, you know, in the low low to mid-150s. And so, you know, whenever you're talking 14.5-pound cattle, I mean, that's a lot of weight, you know, at those types of prices. And so, you know, I think that the profit margins for those guys are pretty good. I think that uh, whenever they know they've got good profit margin kind of baked in, it gives them a little more incentive even yet uh, to be a little bit more patient. So it'll be very interesting. I mean, you look over at feeders, for instance, and, uh, you know, you've got some pretty high-priced feeders, but I'll tell you what, uh, the even higher-priced feeders are the ones that you're actually buying on foot. You know, it's really hard to find a deal on feeders right now, and I think whenever people look at this fat cattle market, kind of how it's set up in the next fall, you know, you – get back into October and you're $157 fast, you know, I think people are still thinking there's going to be some profit in these. And finally, wrapping up with hogs, uh, Matt, what are we seeing going into the weekend there? Well, you know, you look at the hog market and it's been topsy-turvy. I mean, you look at the chart, you know, up, down, all around, you know, you had a real strong move, you know, from, uh, oh, I don't know, early part of October into the end of October. You know, you, you push yourself clear back up to about $90 hogs and then all of a sudden now you're down here Oh, eighty-three, $84 hogs again. And so, you know, I think that we uh, we ran up awfully strong for several days in a row, kind of turned around and headed back south. Uh, you're looking today, kind of hoping, I guess, that the 50-day uh, moving average is going to hold right there around 83 bucks. 
if that's the case, and I think that you could probably make the case that you at least consolidate back up there. Oh, I don't know in the in the mid eighty dollar range, but as far as hogs are concerned, you know, as long as you continue to keep your uh, your export sales strong, as long as demand stays fairly decent, I've got to think that hogs are going to hang right in there. I do think protein is uh, uh, something that's not going to go away anytime soon. It's been good for both fats you know, and hogs, in my opinion, to see the performance that we've seen in the equities markets. You know, I, I think that it's uh, it makes people feel a little bit better about their situation. You know, and anytime you feel better about your situation, you're going to eat a little bit better. I think that's something we've learned, uh, you know, over the last several years. All right. Well, if folks want to think about their market strategies and look at what options they have or we'll get some advice, how do they get in touch with agmarket.net? It's just that, buddy. It's just agmarket.net. You go there, you go to agmarket.app, either place, a really good, get really good way to get a you know, a hold of our research, uh, you know, the ways to get a hold of us, and then, uh, you know, some of the technology we offer to try to help producers uh, uh, manage their uh, profit margins and maximize their return on investment. All right, Matt. Well, we thank you so much for the insight, and we'll talk to you again next week. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, bud. That again was Matt Bennett of AgMarket.net. Let's go ahead and run down those opening numbers for you. December corn up four and three quarters at 684 even. March corn up four and three quarters at 689 and a half. January beans up 25 cents at 1462 even. March soybeans up 24 and three quarters at 1468 and three quarters. Soy meal is up six dollars and ninety cents at 414.40 per ton. Soy oil up a buck thirty at 74.48. Chicago wheat up 12 and a half at 853 even. Minneapolis wheat up 15 and a half at 958 and a half. Kansas wheat up 14 and three quarters. That's at 956. March oats up six and three quarters at 395 and a quarter. December live cattle 17 cents higher at 152.12. November feeders down 35 cents at 177.65. December lean hogs down a dime at 83.27. Pork cutouts unchanged at $94. Class 3 milk down 6 cents at 2081. Thanks again to Matt Bennett of agmarket.net for joining us here on the Opening Market Podcast. I'm Dustin Huffman on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, where Iowa Ag matters. <laughs>